For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Over 5 million people play football in the USA and here to bring it to you in the raw, uncut, unadulterated is the undisputed number one sports show in Atlanta and abroad. 100 yards of football live from headquarters. It's more than a game, more than a show. It's where football blends culture, economics, and society. Tap in, tune in, and lock in to 100 yards of football now. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, including updated odds on the NBA and NHL playoffs, Major League Baseball, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started, so head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and use our promo code BELIEVE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline. Where the game starts. Welcome to 100 Yards of Football. And tonight, on our legend segment, we got a legend. We got an FSU legend on, ladies and gentlemen. We got on with us tonight, man, one of the greatest offensive linemen that come out of Florida State. My friend, my guy, Mr. Forrest Conley, better known as Big Foe. Foe, welcome to the show, man. What's going on, brother? Glad to be here. Hey, man. Hey, man. It's always good to see you. You know, you and I met some years ago, and we did a lot of things together in the past, man, and became real good friends, real good buddies, and um, I really appreciate you taking time to be with us tonight. Absolutely, man. Looking forward to it. Awesome, man. Awesome. Well, folks, you know, let's talk about FSU a little bit. We're going to talk about that. You you know, you got – you're doing so much in your career and your career path, and we're going to try to touch as much as we can tonight. Uh, we got about 45 minutes to do the show. Um, but anyway, um, you came from, and, and this is the most amazing thing, Berlin, Connecticut. Where, yeah. First of all, first of all, where is Berlin, Connecticut? Berlin, Connecticut is a small town in between New Haven, Connecticut, and Hartford, Connecticut. Um, funny thing is how I ended up in Connecticut. I um. Okay. I was born in Tallahassee. Uh, ah, so, okay. <laughs> born ah. in Tallahassee. Uh, and I lived in Lakeland, Florida. And the majority of my childhood was in Gainesville, Florida. Um, and then I moved up to Connecticut with my father to finish up high school after my freshman year. Ah, and, okay. you know, because I was at that point in life where, you know, you're going from a boy to a man. Right. And my mom felt like, okay, this is the time you need to be with your father right. to, to get that whole concept and learning how to be a man. Uh, so I moved up to Connecticut and my dad moved to Berlin, Connecticut of all places. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So when, when we talk about Berlin, all right, so you grew up in Florida. Yeah. And, and, and so you, you understood that football was king. Absolutely. And then you go to Berlin and I'm quite sure, I don't know. You tell me football was not king in Berlin. No, it wasn't. But um, <laughs> let, let me tell you something, though. It's some tough guys that came out of there. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. I used to scrimmage, uh, we used to scrimmage against a team uh, from a town called New Britain. And there was this young kid on the team about two years younger than I, and he used to destroy us every time we, we played him. We would beat him up because we right. had a really good football team, but right. this kid would destroy us. Uh, that kid ended up being a guy named Tabucky Jones okay. that went on to play at Syracuse University and yeah, played with Win a couple Super Bowls with the New England Patriots. Yes, um, best athlete I've ever seen in Connecticut. Wow. Wow. Um, wow. Also, in my area, um, there's a guy named Dwight Freeney <laughs> that came oh. out of that area. Okay. Um, you know, uh, okay. the town next to mine is where Ann Hernandez came out of. What? We know that, wow. I mean, all right. of all other stuff, athletically, you know, he's one of the best athletes we've ever seen. Absolutely. Um, so Absolutely. you've got uh, Scott Burrell is another guy that came out of that area. Okay. So okay. 
you've got an abundance of athletes that were, were really good football players, but mm-hmm. when you look at the amount of athletes, I mean, it right. can't compare to what I came right. from from Florida. Not, right. no, not at all. Right, right. Well, man, I'm going to tell you, man, it's amazing. And, and, and here's the other thing. You know, like most of us who, you know, play ball, uh, went to Florida State, maybe went on and played ball, a lot of us, when we were like 13, 14, nobody would have ever said to us, you're going to be a football player. And you're going to college to play football, and you might play in the NFL one day. But you, as a ninth grader, tell me what kind of size you had in the ninth grade. Uh, ninth grade, I was six foot four and a half, 278 pounds. <laughs> as a ninth grader? Yeah, ninth grade. Oh they, made me, they made me play varsity football. I, I had always... Growing up in Gainesville, I could never play Little League football because the weight limit was 120. Right, and the Junior League was 140. Well, I was 142. Right, right. <laughs> so I couldn't play in the Junior League uh, coming up. And so I played soccer. I played basketball. And I always looked forward to high school because there was no weight limit. There's and no I could limit. finally play. And right. you know how the high school coaches come out and talk to the middle school kids. Right, right, they right. came out and talked to us about playing in the freshman program, and I was excited. And then the coach stopped me when everybody was leaving to go back to class. Mm-hmm. He said, son, I want you to play on the varsity for me. And I'm looking at him like, man, I ain't never played football. <laughs> <laughs> well, for any ahead. other kid, that's an honor. You know, they want to play varsity football for me. Absolutely. Like, okay, I'm big, but I don't know what I'm doing out here. <laughs> uh, and so, you know, two weeks prior to me starting high school, I had been practicing football with the football team. And nobody knew until when you're in high school, you know, the uh, JV plays on, excuse me, the freshman team plays on Wednesday. On Wednesday, right. wear jerseys on Wednesday, the class. (laughs) And then the JV plays on Thursday. So they will wear their jerseys. So Friday, here I come, you know, (laughs) in these freshman (laughs) classes with a football jersey on. Everybody's like, you're on the varsity? (laughs) uh, It was was some growing pains. Oh, absolutely. Because... I didn't know just the basics of how right. to play the game, but right. the guys that I played with taught me, mm-hmm. you know, how to play in a lot of neighborhood guys that we looked up to, that I looked up to, you know, right. they didn't baby me, but they brought me along. They brought you along. And, Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. they taught me the game and taught me how to play the game. Absolutely. Well, you know, it's amazing, man, when you talk about the neighborhood, you know, um, you know, Pop Warner started in my hometown in 1968. I was in the fourth grade. So I got a chance to experience that. But even before then, for the streets of Delray, every street had their own team. And so I was always, you know, in the summer, I had to go to my grandmother's house. So I played on my grandmother's street. Then my first cousin was like my big brother. He's two years older. I would play on his street. And that's really where I got it because I was playing with older boys over there, right? Getting, getting my behind whooped up and picked up and thrown, and then, you know, when you start crying, your, your big brothers, your big cousins say, stop that crying out here. So you oh, get yeah. tough. You learn toughness. So I learned toughness. And then, you know, from an athletic standpoint, man, I can outrun everybody. Even guys <laughs> two years older than me. So God gave me that gift. And then my cousin that in the street gave me the toughness that I needed. And by the time, man, it's amazing. By the time I started playing Pop Warner football, you know, a coach couldn't tell me how to catch the ball. He couldn't tell me how to run the ball because I could run the ball and he couldn't tell me how to throw the ball. I had all those skills down. Now he had a system. You know, I got to understand what, you know, the plays and the system, but man, when I get that ball, you ain't got to coach. You can't coach me after that. And so we got that from the streets. We got that from the neighborhood, you know, and, 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 and just like you said, when you're playing with those bigger, older guys, they bring you along. Well, you know, the, the thing I'll say about Florida is I developed toughness mm-hmm. because in the neighborhood we played where we called it touching the road, tackling the grass. Touching the grass. There you, <laughs> you know, you in the grass and you, you do oh, your you thing. Lie, you lie. Lie. Jump over to the road, you know, for them to touch it. But see, uh-huh. where I grew up, they didn't just touch it. They scoop you up, take you to the grass. You had to you had to man up in the neighborhood, and then you didn't want to cry if you got the wind knocked out of you or something. You kind of played it off, because if you cried, you know the way we grew up. Now you got to earn that manhood back. You got to earn that manhood back. Off. You got so, that right. 
I went up to Connecticut with a different mentality because Absolutely. I learned how to play down south. And also, I felt like at the time, okay, I got to represent for the south. You know, they, 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 they know I'm coming from Florida. You know, uh, we heard Florida, they play ball. So I got to come up here, you know, knock some heads off. And what was different is the athleticism, I think, um, for the most part. Um, I was, my, my senior year, I ended up uh, going to Florida State's football camp. Mm -hmm. And I ran, I weighed in at 327 pounds at 6'7". Wow. And I ran a 4'9", 540. Wow. And I'll never forget, I was about <laughs> every day at camp. <laughs> Before we went to camp, you know, they would come and get me. Now I have right. to go to the moor. Right. Sitting across the Bowden office and talk to him about why it would be in my best interest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's hilarious, man. And he that's went, you know, and you know how sitting across the Bowden office, it's almost oh. like he's he looking up at a perch to him. Right, 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 like, right. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. yeah. Right. And then Coach Cottrell, Ronnie Cottrell was the recruiting coordinator at the time. Okay. Well, he right. would show up at my room because we stayed at Cash Hall. That's home, man. Walk up my room every night. Every scholarship with my name on it. <laughs> like Horace, <laughs> hey, we got it all filled out for you. It was the thing about it though, it, it was it was one of those things very humbling because oh, yeah. here you got one of the greatest coaches of all time, right. um, you know, telling you he wants you to come play for him. Right. And you've got a recruiting coordinator coming to your room with a scholarship. And it was never anything illegal. Like you see a lot of schools. Exactly. The exactly. wrong way right. um, mm -hmm. throughout that process. And, you know, I won't go into detail, but there were schools that were putting up all oh, kinds of stuff. Oh, oh, man. Tell me about it. Tell me about it. But the way that, you know, Florida State recruited me and um, I talked to Ronnie Contrell a couple of years ago and I told him he did the best, the best thing I've ever seen, uh, you know, and ever had, had to me. And I think that's what kind of just flipped it because I was, up and down it was Miami, Florida State. Miami, Florida State. <laughs> they played, I don't know if you remember this, Bobby, back in 1990. We uh -huh. played Florida, and it was either uh -huh. the first or the second play of the game, Dawsey, called uh -huh. a, like a 60 to 70-yard bomb, touchdown. Uh -huh. Okay. And I'm watching the game with my friends, uh -huh. and I'm still trying to decide what I'm going to do. Right, right. And all of a sudden, my phone rings. Uh -huh. And I answer the phone, and it's Ronnie Cottrell. And you hear all the noise in the background. Forrest, you see, this is why you need to come to Florida State. This is what we do. We need you here. I love it. I was done. Oh, I'm, like, I'm going. I'm going. Bro, bro, it's, it's a wrap. Before one of the, one of the things about your era. Okay, so when I came to Florida State, it was nothing like that. All right, but in your era, it was the most exciting time in our school history. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the type of athlete that they were recruiting, I mean, y'all was not only just the top athlete, but you guys recruited, you were deep athletically. I mean, your O-line was deep. We were always deep at the skill position on the edge, always deep. And so, and Coach Bowden, I just tell people all the time, there's never been a more genuine recruiter that I've ever met in my life than Bobby Bowden. Because when he spoke to you, you know he was telling you the truth. You knew. You, you can feel it in your heart. Because when I met him for the first time, I couldn't explain it. When I met him after the meeting, I told my mama. Now, this is my first experience with a college coach. I meet Coach Bowden in his office. And we walked out of that door. I turned to my mama. I said, I'm playing for him. And my mom said to me, son, you can't make that decision now. You got to take all your visit. I said, Mama, I'm telling you, I'm playing for that guy, right? And then I ended up going on some recruiting trips, and I, and, and I came back from, from Michigan State, East Lansing. Now, you know, I'm, from, I'm not just from Florida. I'm from South Florida. Uh -huh. I had one little uh, Letterman jacket, right? I go up to East Lansing, Michigan, and for the first time I saw snow, number one, and when they came, got us from the airport, the coaches got us, and they took us straight to the stadium. And they took us up in the press box. And boy, I'm talking about they were trying to sell it, man. They were selling it. And they kept saying, well, we hold about 100000 in here. You come here, we do this. Everybody, you're going to be on TV, da 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 
four. All I can see was that white pilot. And I kept saying, ain't no way in the world I'm coming up here. I can't do it. I can't. It was a great trip. But when I came back home, I went to my mom and told her again. I said, Mama, I'm, you know, I'm on the basketball team. They depended on me, and we're not doing good. I said, I'm playing for Coach Bowden. That's it. I'm not taking another trip. It's a wrap. And because everything he told me, even when I was there, it came out to be true. He treated all of us like we were his son. Well, you know, it's interesting you said. I had a, a similar situation. I visited Syracuse. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I got off the plane, it was snow up to my knees. And I was talking to the guys that were showing me around. They asked me where else was I being recruited. Right. So I told them I had a visit to Miami coming up, a visit to Florida, a visit to Florida State, and a visit uh-huh. to Penn State. Mm-hmm. And they're like, what are you doing here? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, they said, they said, you're you a blue chip. You're here. I'm like, man, look, Syracuse is the first school to offer me a scholarship. Right. And I thought Absolutely. I owed it to them. Right. Um, but the one thing I think with Coach Bowden that was a little different than a lot of these coaches, a lot different, I'll say that, mm-hmm. is you were right. He, 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 he preached and he, he lived how he preached it. Yes, and yes. so coaches often come into our homes and tell our families, our, our parents, they're going to treat us like as if we are their child. And they're doing all that to sell the program and get you there. And once you're there, you're just another number. Just another and, number. And the one thing I will say about Coach Bowden, um, he and I've had some great conversations. Mm-hmm. We've had some tough conversations. Absolutely. Um, but it was always like a father figure, and you didn't want to let him down. You didn't um, want to let him down. Well, the one thing he would say to us after every game when we won, before he let the media and everybody in the locker room, he would always say, guys, great game. Have fun tonight. I don't want to get any phone calls in the middle of the night. And I don't want to wake up and read about you in the paper in the morning. Absolutely. Remember, nobody is bigger than the program. In the game. And what one thing that, that made him so genuine to me was, I remember I canceled my visit to Miami mm-hmm. on the day I was supposed to fly out to Miami. Mm-hmm. I called and told them, hey, I'm canceling. I'm committing to Florida State. Right. And they gave me the business. They said some things oh, to me. <laughs> oh, buddy. And, I can imagine. I can imagine. And I remember Coach Bowden said, I'm still going to come see you. Because mm-hmm. that's that was his thing. He would come that's see you. Come see you. Right. And I said, Coach, you ain't got to come up here. I know this is far. I'm coming. Right. You ain't got to worry about that. I'm coming. No, son. I'm coming to see you. Right. And... I had Miami, Penn State, all these other schools come to the school to see me and everybody. I mean, when Coach Bowden came, my dad <laughs> took off work <laughs> and he's in, he's in the visit with me uh-huh. and he's sitting there and when Coach Bowden left, it's almost like my dad wanted to sign me. Right, exactly. You know, and me and my dad, it went back and forth the whole time. So my dad wanted me to go to Notre Dame. Because mm-hmm. all he was son, you don't understand a Notre Dame degree. You can do this. And oh, you can, yeah, you can do this, do that. Right. Absolutely. After meeting Coach Bowden, it's like, no, nah, I understand. I know why you're doing what you're doing. Absolutely. And the, the aura of chasing that first championship, yeah. that stood out to me more so than anything else. And, right. you know, also, I'm not going to lie, Florida A&M University. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's go ahead and put it out there. Right, right, right. right. So, so we had... We had we had the culture there as well, right? The black college experience. Then you get to play for a legendary coach on national TV every Saturday and chase a championship. You got Burt Reynolds Hall over there. I mean, and it wasn't like, you know, people have to understand that people that are not familiar, it's mm-hmm. not like FAMU was way across town. It was no. across the street. Across the street. <laughs> it's like, Hey man, you know, oh everything is just a lining up. And then my mom moved from um, Gainesville to Raleigh, North Carolina. Uh-huh. So Florida State's getting ready to join the ACC. So right. she's right in the middle of ACC country. It's right. like, man, this is, I was destined to go here. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you know, back in our old day, I, one time I got, um, you, you know, we we're always on a schedule. And I'm quite sure it was a little different by the time you got there. But in the old day, I mean, we didn't have time for ourselves. I mean, we had school, right? And we, we couldn't take a class um, after one o'clock in the afternoon. Yep. yep. We had uh, we had to eat all three meals. We had to sign in at the at the, at the at the table to make sure we were there for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Mm-hmm. And um, from a defensive perspective, we had to we had to watch during lunch a half a reel of tape, all right, while we eating lunch. 
And the graduate assistant been there had to sign off on it, right? And then, you know, our practice started for at, um, uh, I had to be in a, um, uh, in a meeting at three o'clock, right? Mm-hmm. And and then that meeting lasts a little bit. And then we had to be at the practice field about quarter to four. Mm-hmm. And we hit, the field, we hit the field running, right? So, um, and then we'll eat lunch and all that kind of stuff. I mean, it was a long day. We had, and then after we ate dinner, we had practice. We had dinner. Um, dinner was over at seven. Stutter. All right. So we had we had from six to seven. But back in the old day, folks, we didn't have study hall right away. We had a two-hour defensive meeting from seven to nine, and wow. then we had study hall. <laughs> all right. And study hall was only for one hour. Now you know you can't study for no one hour in college. Mm-hmm. And, and get it done, right? And then at 11 o'clock, we had a lights out curfew. So it was a different day. And so, you know, a lot of guys used to flunk out back then. I mean, back in the old day, you hear about guys, hey, he didn't make it, man, academically. So you had to figure this thing out for yourself, um, how, how to make it, you know, what you got to do to get your grades, right? Because we were on that crazy schedule, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, so it, it, was a, it was a different day. But listen, man. If I can do it all over again, bruh, I'm going to the same place. Yeah. I'm going to do it. Yeah, yeah I, bruh. It's just nothing. About, the only thing I would do different, the uh-huh. only thing, or two things I would do, mm-hmm. I would leave with at least two master's degrees, and right. I would have been more into uh, working out and mm-hmm. developing muscle mass to prevent injury. Right. Anything else. Right. Um, but outside of that, I wouldn't right. change anything about it. Anything. You know, anything. the mat drills at 5, 4.30 in the morning, you hit them, you hit them coming, beating on the hey. door. You know. Oh, we had, oh. see, but see, I was there before the Nike contract. See that okay. Nike swiss you got right there? Right, see, right, right. The old Gray Wilson shorts that they shrunk <laughs> up after one wash. You know, right. they had jock straps with Ron Sellers, Bobby Butler, <laughs> Juan uh, Simmons, <laughs> yeah, Chuck Taylors, oh, Callaway would chase you across the campus. You mean turn them Chuck? Oh Simmons. my God! <laughs> hey, Jimmy Callaway was off the chain, wasn't it? Absolutely, man. But that's chain. what made us, you know. And we were, we were, like you said, we had the requisite stadium. It was not one brick on the stadium, right? And but we were chasing what everybody right. else had. And what I loved about everything when watching you guys play as I was coming up, y'all will always go anywhere and play anybody, anybody. no matter what time of day it was, and Absolutely. beat their butts. And I and love that about right. Florida that's right. that's right. Well, that's what really put us on the map, right? And um, but see, a lot of people a lot of people forget that when during my time or the very beginning of Coach Bowden, we were independent. Our football team was independent. Mm-hmm. So we were not locked down in the conference, so we could go everywhere and play. And, and, and I remember um, my uh, my junior year is when we really start to travel and play everybody. It's my junior year, we went to Baton Rouge and played LSU, when LSU was, you know, all that, right? And, of course, you know, nobody gave us a chance, man. We hung LSU in Baton Rouge, right? Mm-hmm. And then the next year we go and we played Nebraska out Lincoln, back in the Tom Osborne days. So I have to say Tom Osborne because it's not Nebraska today. The old Nebraska was no joke, right? You know, I saw him twice. You, you know, you saw twice. him twice. Yeah. You got, you, got, you got the rain one year against yeah, him, right? Man. Oh, I, still, I still hurt from that game, man. You still hurt from that game, right? Because <laughs> Nebraska, if I had to define that program back in the old day, they were the strongest football team in the nation. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were very physical. I mean, they they knew they knew about the weight room. All of them that they were cornbread fed growing up, right? Just big old football players. And then the guys I played against in the league from that, Roger Craig, Tom Raffman, all them great, big, strong backs, mm-hmm. right? You know, guys just strong, man, and physical. Well, we, we go to Lincoln and beat them in Lincoln, right? And then we go to Pitt. No, 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 the next week, Pittsburgh, probably next to that LSU. No, y'all, y'all had some teams that was loaded, but 
the LSU team a few years ago that had all those draft choices that one year, right? Pittsburgh was just like that. They had 16 draft choices my senior year. But they had about 40 NFL players on because Marino was like a sophomore, mm-hmm. right? And so we beat them half to death the following week. After we beat after we beat Nebraska and Lincoln, they came to Tallahassee and we hung them, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that, that year we went out and we, we ranked number two behind Georgia and didn't get the opportunity to play for the national title. So they took number six, Notre Dame, jumped number two, Florida State, and played Georgia in the Sugar Bowl for the title. Bro, I want you to know how bad that hurt. To this yeah. day, I'm still hurting. I'm hurting maybe, right maybe, now. But maybe Vince Dooley doesn't have a championship. Well, well, let me say this. Every time I see Coach Dooley, I have to tell him. I say this to him every time. I got Coach, how you, no, I say, how you like that rain y'all paid for? That's what I say to him. How you like that ring y'all paid for? Because y'all didn't play the right team. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you right now, we would have spanked them boys. That's all I'm saying. But, Papa, one thing about Florida State, at the end of the year, if they had the playoffs, like uh, they now, every year we would have we went in the playoffs Absolutely. because we were always trending up at the end of the season. Outside of that first year when we lost those back-to-back games, and I think what happened with that is everybody got beat up in the LSU game, that rain game right. down in Baton Rouge. Right. When we came back, uh, we played Miami. We had that first wide right. And after that, with right. the injuries and whatnot, going down to Florida, we just kind of knew, okay, we're not going to play for it. And, right. guys, I mean, we hung in there for a while with those guys. Right. But we were just beat up. Um, right. But outside exactly. of that, every other year, nobody wanted to see us. No, no, nobody. Hey, bro. Hey, listen, I'm, I'm just telling you, FSU football was so good before your era, through your era, and after your era. I mean, we were so good for so long. That was the thing. That, that's why right now, the old FSU alumni, they have a hard time. Because well, we were for Think about so this. Long. Think about this. When mm-hmm. you talk about how great FSU was mm-hmm. and the talent that came through, Deion Sanders, mm-hmm. considered the best defensive back of all time. All time. Mm-hmm. Walter Jones, mm-hmm. considered the best left tackle of all time. Of all time. Sebastian Janikowski, considered the best kicker of all time. Of all time. That's right. Garrett Brooks. Garrett Brooks. Considered the best outside linebacker covering. Right. I can't, you know, we, we know that LT is. Yeah, you know, okay, LT. Yeah, we, we know. But right. the best of all time. So those, right. just look at that talent pool. Right. And then you start talking about guys that came through the program. Peter Ward, Warwick Dunn, Dalvin Cook, Peter Bulwer, Renard Wilson. I mean, Charlie Ward. And then you look at the guys that Coach Bowden let go. Because, see, Coach Bowden gave away maybe two championships when he let Randy Moss go. Like, imagine Randy Moss. Let's not skip that. I want you to slow down. I want you to let everybody know. Because a lot of people don't know Randy Moss even came to Florida State. I was there with him. My don't, senior don't, year. T- t- tell me the, tell me about Randy Moss. Let me tell you something, man. <laughs> Randy Moss, first of all, he's this 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 polarizing figure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, tall kid, came in, linky, about 6'4", mm-hmm. and he talked the talk. But when he got on the field, you know, Mickey Andrews, and you know playing for Mickey. Oh, I know Mickey, right? If, if you got beat, Mickey would make the defensive back bear crawl all, right. all the way back from the point on the field that he got beat. All the way back I would see Randy Moss line up and tell guys, hey, get ready to bear crawl. I'm going on this route right here, and you're not going to be able to stop me. And he would just destroy people oh out there. Oh and we had, we had all Americans. <laughs> you know, we had guys that- Oh, yes, you had all Americans. That's right, that's right. And he destroyed them. Wow. And because of the situation, Coach Bowden redshirted him. Right. And, you know, unfortunately, you know, he got into an issue, you know, outside of the uh, program, mm-hmm. and Coach Bowden decided to move on. But think about this. During that time, you had um, the Bernie's Coles, and you right. had Randy Moss. Right. Now, you got yeah. both of those guys on the team with Peter Warwick? With Peter Warwick. What do you do? Wow. I mean, Bro, let me say this. Let me, let me say this. There's no game plan for that. Nothing. Because you don't have enough dudes 
in the secondary, you, you can't cover one of those guys. Nothing. You can throw a five yard out to any of them. Any of them. They're going to take it to the house. They're going to take it to the house. They exactly. don't have to go deep. You know, these exactly. are guys that were just playmakers all over the field. So, you know, it, it's funny. I look back and I look back at my recruiting trip. It was myself, <laughs> Derek Alexander, Derek Brooks, Clay Shiver, Juan Lariano, Devin Bush, Warren Sapp, wow. Ellis Johnson, Kevin Carter, Philip Riley, um, the, the Marquette Smith. All these guys <laughs> were on our recruiting trip, and only about five of them didn't go. <laughs> wow. You know, so it, oh my gosh, yeah, it, it was crazy. The town that's crazy that yeah. was there, it was yeah. crazy. You couldn't help what he did. Man, it was it was crazy. But I, I I remember what that felt like for me because you know how you get when you're in the NFL locker room. You you brag about where you come from, right? And everybody talk about this discussing, man. And, and, and here's the thing: when I first got in the locker room in the Falcons locker room, you know, everybody in the locker room we beat them all. So when I talk to them, you know, they, they bow down, right? <laughs> when I talk to the FSU thing, they will bow down, right? That was 1981, 82, 83. Then all of a sudden, we drafted three guys from Oklahoma. And, you know, I lost twice to Oklahoma. Uh -huh. so I had to shut my mouth, right? <laughs> but during the current years, you know, when the things, you know, when Jamie Dukes and, you know, and then Dion was young and came to the program and when it started to build, you know, up until you guys. Matter of fact, I flew down to see you guys play one time on um, the Miami game. I think that was the first wire, right? Yeah. In Tallahassee. Yeah. Me, I think me, Jamie Dukes, and a couple other guys, we took a private plane. Uh, we had a game in Atlanta against the Packers the, the next day. Mm -hmm. But Miami was ranked number two, and we were ranked number one. Yep. And I said, man, I said, we can't miss this game. So we, we, we rented a plane, and we flew down to Tallahassee, man, Stood on the sideline. Got to play a game the whole day. And we on, the, we on our feet the whole game on the sideline. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and i never forget that game because Charlie wasn't playing. And Mark, Rick, and I grew up together pretty much in South Florida, mm -hmm. right? My best friend dad coached him in high school. Okay. And so, so Mark would be to his house all the time. And that, that was my second home, right? Mm -hmm. so, so Mark came up to me during, during the game. And he pointed to Charlie. He said, you see that, that kid right there? I said, yeah. He said, he's going to be our next quarterback. And I'll be honest with you. I said, yeah, well, let's, we'll see. We'll see, right? <laughs> right? Okay, well, yeah, we'll see. And next thing you know, it was the Charlie Ward show. And you protected Charlie Ward, right? The spring game. We'll take the spring game. We knew what Charlie was. Every spring game, fans would come out to watch him embarrass the first-team wow. defense. And back wow. then, we had the number one defense in the country. In the country. It embarrassed exactly. them. Exactly. Uh, and the thing about blocking for Charlie was you put so much into it because you knew he could make a play out of anything. Right. Out of and I think his calm demeanor wow. is the reason we won the championship. I remember wow. he threw his first interception the year before. He had like a, 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 an exorbitant amount of interceptions. Interceptions, I remember. They were talking about, um, you know, pulling him. Mm -hmm. uh, and so when we played that Georgia Tech game up in Atlanta, up here in Atlanta, I remember that game. Behind, and they mm -hmm. got in a shotgun and he brought us back. They saw, okay, this is what we need to do. We got to get away from that traditional eye back. Right. And we got to spread them out and just right. let them work. Right. And so, you know, when you play for somebody like that, I remember we played it, we were playing at North Carolina. We were number mm -hmm. one in the country, they were number mm -hmm. seven. First night game at Keenan Stadium ever on ESPN. Wow. They're hyped up. They were undefeated. Yeah. They're talking big noise. <laughs> I can say it now, uh, 30 years later. Right. We went out the night before. That's how sure y'all were. My mom lived in Raleigh, so I knew a bunch of people there. Oh, so I okay. had boys, can we all went out? Oh, wow. okay. We were over at NC State at a party, hanging out. <laughs> And we see the Carolina girls over there with their guys, Letterman jackets on. We, right, you know, right. we doing what we do. Hey, how you doing? Right, right. Like, what y'all doing out here? Our boys home resting. You know, y'all got a game. We're going to beat y'all tomorrow. We were laughing like, man, do y'all seriously <laughs> think? Y'all seriously, <laughs> seriously think? Exactly. And we get in the game and Charlie throws his first interception of the season. All right. And everybody's freaking out. You know, he threw an interception. 
he's just got this calm demeanor, like, okay, calm demeanor. Water. No, we'll we'll get it calm. back. And we go in at halftime, and they're up, I think, seven to three. Mm-hmm. And you could the, the way Keenan Stadium was back then, their locker room was right next to ours. So okay. we could hear them. And they were talking and oh, they, they were talking all that. They ain't all that we yet. All right. So score seven to three at the half. The final score was 33 to seven. <laughs> exactly. And that was Ward Gunn's coming out party. That's right. what Ward Gunn right. gave him the rock. I remember, right. um, uh, you know, he just took over that game. And from there, you know, it was like, okay, yeah, this is this our time. Because, you right. know, we had already beat Miami. Yeah, we right, got right. past yeah. that monster, that, that right. monkey off our back. And, you know, it was like, okay, we're Charlie back there. It's like, I got the highest with trophy winner back here. I got to give up whatever I got to give up, ankle, right. knees, elbows, hips. Right, right. right. Can't touch my guy. Right, exactly. And, and you know, we had something special. And right. the thing about it, if a player was broken, it didn't matter. He could make something out of nothing. He could make something out of nothing. Absolutely. And then, yeah, and then you know, with, with him and Warwick in the same backfield, because Warwick was young. Exactly. But but let me tell you something, man. That young man was special. Yeah. So, so I look at you guys up front because I'm a firm believer for I don't care what nobody say. If you can win in the trenches, you're going to be a good football team and you're going to win games. And so you guys up front set the tone and y'all won at the line of scrimmage. And then when you add a special guy like Charlie and a back like Warwick, and, and I can imagine how tough it was because, see, Warwick, from a stature standpoint, remind me of um, Barry Sanders. And I can remember playing against Barry Sanders in the league. Sometimes you couldn't even see that joker back there, man. Mm-hmm. You know, when you see the O-line get down, I mean, he's just back there. And then when he, you snap the ball, you don't see him until he's in your face. Yeah. And then you know the kind of ability he had, right? And, um, and boy, he'll break it down, right? And so Warwick had that thing going for him, man. And um, I, I don't think, now we've had a lot of great football players at FSU, but the combination of running back and quarterback with Charlie and Warwick, I, I, don't, I don't think I've ever seen one as special as that one. As much as I love that combination mm-hmm. because I played for him and blocked for him, mm-hmm. it's one that I think could rival it, mm-hmm. but I don't think we got to see the full picture of it. Uh-huh. And that's that Jameis Dalvin Cook combination. Jameis Dalvin. Jameis was right. a uh, senior and Dalvin was a freshman at the time. That's, so that's right. That's we, right. We had so many backs. We still had Devontae. You still had Carlos. You still had. See, Devontae was really the guy when you start talking about, you know, um, when you start talking about Jameis, right? Yeah. But you had Dalvin, but, but Devontae was the guy, especially yeah. the 2013 year, right? And he was a special back. I mean, yeah. One of the things I can say, and, 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 it, and it goes back, uh, and it goes back before, before before my class at FSU, we were so deep in skill positions on offense, it didn't matter who got hurt. It really didn't. You know, my, um, I don't know if you ever heard about this guy, um, but if you don't, if you hadn't heard about it, he's got a statue outside of the Dope Camel in Tallahassee, right? Mm-hmm. Um, this guy was a fifth-year senior. And to be honest with you, Coach Bowden talked to him before the season and told him, say, look, man, you know, you're gonna, you, you're not going to even be on the varsity again this year. You're going to play JV. We're talking a fifth-year senior. I mean, that's demoralizing, right? You, mm-hmm. You're thinking your senior year, at least I'm going to be able to travel. We were so deep, Coach Bowden told him, say, look, Roger, you're going to probably be on the JV again. He said, so, you know, if, if you want to – Stop this, you can, or you can you can stay with us. What you want to do? So Roger decided to stay with us, right? Mm-hmm. When I tell you, because at that time we had Jackie Files, we had um, Kurt Unglaw, we had a, a dude, I don't know if you ever heard of this guy named Mike Schumann, played for the 49ers. They called him the dog. Came, came from Tallahassee, Leon, one of the smoothest route runners. He, he was like Fred Belitnikoff. Great comparison. Him and Fred Belitnikoff was like the mm-hmm. same guy. So we were deep. And when I tell you, every receiver went down by the second game of the season. And so Roger Overby is in the starting lineup against Kansas State. Came in the game, 
played the whole season. Now, this is the second game of the season. Didn't drop one pass the whole year for. I want you to hear what I just said now. He didn't drop a pass the whole season. Wow. And in the Florida game, the last game, regular game of the season, he had three touchdown passes in the Florida game. Well, we weren't supposed to beat Florida my freshman year. I'm just telling you right now. And so to this day, his statue is outside of Doe Campbell. You'll see number 86, and he's got the, the black eye under there, right? That's a guy named Roger Overby. So we're so deep outside wide. It don't matter. Next man up. You go that next man up. Let's go. Let's play ball, right? And so that's what we've always had at FSU, right? And so I love what we've had. So now when we talk about your team, the first national championship team, we talk about Charlie, we talk about Warwick. Talk about the entire offensive line for me. Well, the offensive line on the split side, you had Juan Laureano, mm -hmm. six foot five, probably about three, maybe 290, between 290 and 300 pounds. Okay. Uh, great footwork. Played on an 0-10 team in high school, but wow. was an All-State and Super 24 player. So that lets okay. you know how good he was. Right. He was really good. Um, next to him, we had the Iron Man, Lewis Tyre. Lewis Tyre started every single game from freshman year oh, all the way through his senior year. Wow. At center, we had Clay Shiver. You know, Clay was the All-American. Probably all one of the best centers to ever come out of Florida State University. Right. Um, exactly. You know, he had lineage. That was Stan Shiver. Stan Shiver, right. That's you right. Know, I don't know if some of the fans, you don't know about Stan Shiver. Stan Shiver will knock your block off, man. He'll knock you out. That's right. <laughs> he was known for knocking people out. Yes, That's what That's he right. did. That's what he did. Uh, <laughs> and then at our left guard, you, I mean, excuse me, at our tight guard, you had Pat McNeil, uh, who was All-American all four years at Florida State. And he was the only junior. We were all sophomores. Oh, and then wow. at strong tackle, you had me. Mm -hmm. And the wow. thing about that, and to tell you how, guys, I have a story that kind of rivals the guy mm -hmm. you were just talking about. We had, after my redshirt freshman year, because my true freshman year, at mm -hmm. ACL reconstruction surgery. Mm -hmm. So I didn't get to play and put pads mm -hmm. on again until as a redshirt freshman. Mm -hmm. Well, I was angry the whole year. Because here right. I am, I come to Florida State as the man. Right, right, right. I'm not playing. You're not playing, but right? All exactly. the guys that came into my class because we had six offensive linemen mm -hmm. come in my class, they mm -hmm. were all playing. They had all started the game and were playing mm -hmm. consistently. The right. only time I was getting was when we were blowing somebody out at the end mm -hmm. of the game. Right. And so coming into that spring, they had a competition at split mm -hmm. tackle between myself, Juan Laureano, and Jesus Hernandez. Mm -hmm. And I outplayed all of them. Right. And I should have gotten that position. And Coach Scott didn't name me to start it. He put right. me at 13. Mm -hmm. And what I did was I went and I worked my butt off that summer. I went to Coach Shaw uh -huh. and I said, Coach, can you train me? Coach Shaw. Said, Forrest, if you come out here every day, I'll train you. Right. And Coach Shaw had me out there. Now, Bobby, I'm three, 340 running quarters. He had you running quarters or fifths. Which yeah, one? Yeah, quarters, man. I was running quarters, quarters. man. I, I was putting it in. Uh -huh. And let me tell you something, man. I worked my tail off because that's what we did in those days. We didn't ask right, for right, anything right. given to us. It was we no were it. And, you know, we got it from the mud. And, right. you know, Coach Shaw, he, and I showed, I never missed a day. And when I showed up at camp, I was a different, I was a different dude. Oh, you were ready to go. And Absolutely. I was ready Absolutely. to knock somebody out and also had the endurance Mm -hmm. uh, to be able to run that offense that we were running. Because I think that is something that people didn't realize. You could be a great lineman, but to play in the offense that we played in, you had to be in shape. You had to be in shape, dog. We would play games where we would see guys, they would have little signs that they would do and fake injuries and fall down. Guy would just fall down. And we would be out there, we would be talking noise, about like, get up! You ain't hurt. <laughs> we know what's up. You know what's up. <laughs> we will well, keep going. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you another thing, Foe, that th th there's some secret sauce in Tallahassee. And a lot of people don't get it. You get it because I don't care where you play football at in the United States. It's not hot enough. There's no hotter place in August in than Tallahassee. Yes. The fresh grass. The fresh grass cut. So the you, fresh you grass cut. The grass bruh. itching your whole your skin. <laughs> bruh, bruh, they don't the understand. Stick to you. 
<laughs> hey, listen, I'll never forget when I went to Florida State from Delray. I'm thinking Delray, you know, we're near Miami. We're closer to the equator. Well, Tallahassee can't be as hot as, um, as Delray. You know, but Delray, we're right down the ocean. We get that ocean breeze all the time, right? Man, that first summer in Tallahassee, bro, I knew. Bro, this ain't no joke right here. This ain't no joke right here. What, what, what's I mean, Marvin Jones' nickname? Shade Tree. Tree. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, Doc. There you go. There you go. So, so listen, folks, man, man, you and I can do this for three hours, but we got about, about 10 more minutes, 10, 15 more minutes left. I want to cover some things about what you've been doing. Okay. Um, now, you did win a national championship at Florida State, right? Yes. The first one in 1993. Yes. And, and, and I want to tell you, I want to tell you, Y'all didn't just win that for your football team. You won it for all of us. Because we were close. Back in the late 70s, we were close, hoping that we'd get the chance. But we didn't get the opportunity. But we were right there ranked in the top three my last two years. So we were right there. We were getting there. And then, you know, as we go on to Jamie Dukes and Dion's group, they were getting there. Mm -hmm. But when y'all got there, y'all sealed the deal. And, bro, I can't tell you. Man, I cried. Me too. When y'all came across that field, and, and, and I'm telling you, I got mad because, you know, when we thought the game was over, we had to go back. Yeah. <laughs> I remember. We, and I, felt, I was like, oh, man, don't let nothing go wrong now. We had to go back and do it again, right? And so so we thought the guy had – the game was over and it wasn't over, ladies and gentlemen. And so we, cause we had to go back to the sideline and play some more seconds, and um, and we got it done. Bruh. You, Listen, man, we had been waiting for so long. So it's like I won that national championship. I was with y'all that night, right? You know, and so I'll never forget the, the feeling. Even to this day, I talk about that one. Because at the end of the day, even though we won three, every one of them is special. But there's none like that first one. Nah. Bro, there's none like that first one. Let me tell you, you something know, it was a special I, time. I've been blessed to play in some big games against some big opponents. Uh, in situations that you dream about when you go to college and you dream about when you're growing up in high school and in middle school and you're playing little league. and um, But that game right there mentally was probably one of the most draining mm. events I've ever been a part of because of everything we had on our shoulders. We knew, um, first of all, like you said, we finally got to the championship game. There you go. Um, and we came into that game knowing that we were better than Nebraska, absolutely. but we also right. knew that Nebraska wasn't scared of us. They weren't scared, right? Absolutely. They were going the, we had played them the year before, and we beat them pretty bad the year before. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, they were a different beast. You know, Tommy Frazier, mm -hmm. you know, that thing he did, and, I mean, you know, they had um, Lawrence Phillips was a true freshman. Lawrence was Phillips a problem. Running that ball. Right. And then you had Trev Alberts on the outside, you know, mm -hmm. was the Buckus Award winner. Mm -hmm. And he was the best pass rusher that I faced right. up to that point. Wow. And so when you look at all the things and every, and like I said, everybody's on the sideline and the expectation is for us to go and mop them. Right. Well, they came in with a different game plan. <laughs> and exactly. as that game progressed, mm -hmm. it wasn't about the physicality of the game. Mm -hmm. It was about the mental aspect of it, holding mm -hmm. on and understanding Every little intangible counts. Right. Everything absolutely. that you've practiced up to this point, the right step, you know, right. how many steps when you pass proing, you know, right. getting your shoulder across, you right. know, taking the right angle. I mean, all those little things right. that Coach Brown and the coaching staff have pressed upon us. Because right. when you're great, you feel like you don't have to do the little things. Right. And absolutely. They drilled that in us. So I think that game it meant so much to us and to be able to do it for guys like yourselves that you know brought us to the school you know it was such a good feeling man man I, boy i'll never forget it bro I, i'll never forget it it was so special and, and and then you know coach bowden worked so hard so many years doing things the right way building the program and that was only the thing that was left to do is yeah. to win a championship right and um, to, to see that that wide right in Tallahassee when I was there, and the, I forget what year that was. Not it was ninety one. To see that wide right and that close, because I'm gonna be honest with y'all, and everybody know this, and I'm glad we don't do dodge nobody. 
And at the time, the Miami and Florida State rivalry was heated. And it was almost like whoever win this game. Going to win the championship. Going to win this, the national title, right? And so if you think about us not having to play Miami, we got another five, six ships on, 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 on our ticket. Yeah, but you know what? That wasn't who Coach Biden was. Because he could have easily backed out of that. Oh, he absolutely. But absolutely. He could have done that. And, and to this day, Florida State is still playing Miami and Florida. Mm-hmm. Well, that was one of the things in the well, ACC. Well, Florida, and Miami, Florida and Miami don't play each other anymore. Well, you know, that was one of the things when Miami joined the ACC. They made sure uh-huh. that even though they were in the Coastal Division, mm-hmm. it was a rivalry that we had to have. We had to continue to play. And because that's the money game. That's the that's game where you find out if you are good and good yeah. enough to play at the next level. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. You, you think I, I think about some of the guys that were across the I had to block Lawrence Sapp. I had exactly. to block Ray Lewis. You know, these are two first battle Hall of Famers. You know, people talk about people always talk about man, this guy. Look, I had to play against these guys. I had to play against these dudes. The big game of the year. <laughs> you know? so that was a part of it. You know, being a part, if you played in that Miami Florida State game, you played in the best college football rivalry ever, hands down, with the most athletes ever. I don't care what nobody says. That was the game. You know, Florida, to me, it's like I tell people, playing Florida, when we played them at Dope, you knew you were going to beat them. Playing at Florida, feel okay. You're going to have to try and get up out of there. Right, get up out of there. Miami, it didn't matter where you played. They could beat you anywhere you played them. You had to go and you had to put it all in. That's right. And and you know, it's amazing. During my day, Miami was not a big deal. Miami was like a 7-4 and team, I'm going to say almost, my whole time at, at Florida State. But we split with them my four years. Mm-hmm. They won two, we won two. Florida, we beat them all four years when I was there. So, mm-hmm. but Florida was the rivalry back then. You see, back then, mm-hmm. oh, we, we even started working on Florida plays in, in two days. So at the end of every practice, we had Gator plays. And we, we start work, and they, you know, we played in the last record season game of the season, right? Late November. Mm-hmm. And we're working on Gator plays. In August. <laughs> so that's how it was back then. But Miami became a big foe in the 80s, and they, they started to put their thing together. Um, always had great athletes because, you know, even during my time, O.J. Anderson, Jim Burke, John Swain. I mean, I can go on to Jim Kelly. You know, all of them were there, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Even though they were seven and four, they were there, yeah. you know. And so we did have to compete. I mean, it's like they ain't have nobody. They had some people. And so, um, but 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 listen, man, it, it's it's just been the greatest thing for the state of Florida. Yes. And those rivalries, it's gonna get better and better. It's gonna get back to it. it but the Miami Florida, Florida State game is still a good game. Absolutely. It's still Absolutely. it's still a good game. Well, listen, folks, we're about to come to the end. And I know you've been doing several things since you left football and, and things like that, but you you're doing some um um, uh, analyst stuff with ESPNU um, and, and I see you doing some acting I, I, one night I was sitting here me and my wife watching Greenleaf and I'm just sitting there watching the show you know what I'm saying I say Cyril that's four four for the team <laughs> it took me back man it just really just took me back right and then I see I see this uh, role that you had on the Falcon and the Winter Soldier yeah. Jeremiah if you can hear me uh, go ahead and cue one of those up for me Falcon in the okay, winter. Yeah. Hit me with Falcon in the winter, the the movie. And I, I thought, uh, hey, and it, that part was for you, man. Yeah. Or, or you made that part, right? <laughs> if we, if we can show this, man. We got to show it because, man, Foe is a, a talented young man. Uh, he can do a lot of things. Um, uh, he 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 need he need to be on um, on Monday Night Football or somewhere like that with the big ticket because he he he's that good, ladies and gentlemen. I appreciate that, man. I'm, yeah. I've been blessed, man. Oh man, I mean, you do you do a great job, man. I mean, I, I follow you, man. You you you. I'm I'm one of your fans, so <laughs> so Jeremiah, you got a cue. All right, so we're gonna we're gonna try to get through this, and hopefully, oh, hopefully he's not gonna let me do it because it's so too special. It. All right, well, cool, cool, cool. Well, we're not gonna say, but ladies and gentlemen. If you can go see the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, for tell me a little bit about that that movie. Who who's in that? Who's the stars in that movie? 
Uh, well, you've got, um, why did you have to ask me that? Now my, my mind is going blank, man. <laughs> you've got, you've um, got um, the guy who plays, um, he's one of the uh, Iron Man, right? Yes. Um, young black he, um, actor. No, no, he actually played in, um, he's been in all of the Captain America movies. Captain America, there he is yeah. right there. I, I can't call his name either, but uh, he's a great actor. Yeah. And um, there's four right there. Um, in the middle of all that, he's a bartender right there, serving it up. And he got a snake in his hand. <laughs> now, now, that, now that was, you know, the thing about that, Bob, that was a real snake. That's you gotta be real, kidding me. Are that's you serious? a real rattlesnake. They sent me to sushi school to <laughs> really? learn how to use the knife because the knives are so sharp. Wow. And, to, and so we did that take maybe 30 times. So really? I had to keep cutting snakes <laughs> open. And, you know, <laughs> And the cool thing about it, though, the um, action sequence, uh -huh. and that's Anthony Mackie is out uh, of Young Man. Anthony Mackie, that's all right. Um, but the action sequence, I got to really see how they do the stunts and whatnot. And so uh -huh. being a part of that, man, and seeing that whole process, it took us three days to shoot this one right. scene. Oh, and wow. It was about 10 degrees because the way they built the set, it's uh -huh. in an alley of, a, of Griffin, Georgia. And so you've got, it's almost like it was built and it became a wind tunnel. Mm -hmm. And we shot those scenes in December. And mm. it was like the coldest days of the year. And you had to be in that wind tunnel. And I mean, it was wow. brutal. But, wow. it's like, and you know, I'm terrified of snakes. But it's like, okay, dude, <laughs> you got Marvel right here. What you going to do, man? You know, you got to man up, you know? You got to be a You got to man up. <laughs> If you notice, hey. I got a glove on. I made, I I made that, glove. that plastic glove. So I'm like, man, I can't pick the snake up, man, and, and feel it in my hand. And, hey, um, it, it was cool. I mean, it was, like I said, truly a blessing to be a part of that production. Oh, absolutely, man. I, but, you know, I've seen you on several things, man. You do such a stand-up job acting. And, um, and and then you got that look for you know, you got that look. I like the way you looked at. I said, looking for looking at it like that, right? <laughs> and so, so man, that that was a great that was a great scene right there. I, I really enjoyed that, man. All right. Now I gotta go out and see the whole movie now. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I gotta go see it. And now, now talk about you um um with ESPNU. Um, tell tell me about that. You uh, how you've been working with that. Well, I started in uh, 2012, um, mm -hmm. and I kind of graduated. I, I started out doing ESPN3. Uh -huh. uh, then I started doing ESPN Classic Games, mm -hmm. ESPN News, uh, mm -hmm. ESPNU, and mm -hmm. I've done a couple of games on ESPN2. So I've worked all the platforms except ESPN1. Right. Uh, okay. But, you know, <clears throat> it's been a blessing to do that as well. It's, it's, right. it's a challenge mm -hmm. because I'm in a field where – 99% of the guys are ex-NFL players. Right. I think I may be the only analyst that did not play in the NFL. Okay. And so it was, you know, it's it's a tough field to get into. And yeah. with ESPN, you have to realize you've got young talent coming out every year. Every so year. That's if the you're problem. not on top of your game, right. you know, they'll move on to the next one. Right. And, Absolutely. you know, so you've got to be able to bring something to the table. And one of the mm -hmm. things I think – that allowed me to stand out is I'm not scared to have a different opinion. Absolutely. And, um, you know, the thing that I tell people all the time in this business, you can have a different opinion as long as you can support it, you know, Absolutely. and that's what it's all about. And so right, 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 I think right. that has been the, the key for me. And, and everywhere I go to call games, when they find out I played at Florida state, right. the first question they ask, you know, <laughs> is, is, is coach Bowden really the way we see on TV? <laughs> and, you know, I always tell them, no, and they said, oh, I, I knew it. I did. I said, he's better. He's better. Oh, wow. He's you know, better. And they asked me about it. And asked me about playing at Florida State. And, Bobby, I'm talking about I've been at Portland State, uh, wow. Fargo, North Dakota, Grand Forks, North Dakota, Davis, wow. California. And they're asking me about Coach Bowden. Coach Bowden. That's, that's amazing. amazing. That's, that's amazing, man. That's, that's, that's amazing, man. Well, you, well, you know, what he, he's touched a lot. he touched a lot of people's lives. And, and that's the thing that I reflect on when I think about him. I think about how he touched us and how he made us young men, um, young boys, turn us into men. Mm -hmm. And how he taught us how to respect one another and um, and, to, and, to do, and to come together and do a job together. I've never seen a man that can unite kids like Coach Bowden. 
Well, Bobby, remember this? Remember when we uh-huh. played? You uh-huh. couldn't have earrings couldn't and you couldn't have facial hair. You could have, Your mustache right. stop right here. Yeah, stop right there. Nothing but blow the top lip. Yep. yep. Right. That's right. Yep. That's you right. Have, and I never, I was, I used to hate that. I never understood. <laughs> but then when I got out of school and got into, uh, uh, you know, my professional life, right. there were jobs where you couldn't have facial hair. You couldn't have facial hair. You couldn't exactly. wear earrings. It was getting you know, things ready. Have, things have changed now, things. but right. back then, it was about discipline and following oh, the rules, man. even if you didn't like them. You know, and so you look at all of the stuff that we developed during that time, it helped us to become men. Absolutely. We became men physically, but he allowed us and helped us to become men mentally and understanding the sacrifices that you have to make in order to be a part of a team or an organization. Absolutely. And you know, the other thing about him that's just so, just so rich for me, you know, a lot of times, you know, when you leave a program, when they're done with you, they're done with you, Mm -hmm. man. Coach Bowden's always been my second daddy, right? I tell people in a minute, you know, no matter where I go, no matter, you know, what, if I see him somewhere, you know, he go, he, first he's going to ask me how I'm doing, and then he's going to ask me this question. He say, how Imogene and Richard Butler doing, Reverend, Reverend Butler mm-hmm. doing? I say, Coach, they're still doing good. And, and, and this, is a, this is the impression that he made on my family. My daddy would be 85 at the end of the year. He'll be 86 to end of the year. I'm sorry. And before Coach Bowden passed, if Coach Bowden was in two hours of my hometown, he's going to get my brother-in-laws to drive him to hear him speak. I, that's, that's the kind of impression he made on my family, right? Remember, Bobby, remember we surprised him here mm-hmm. in Atlanta when he came to speak for an FCA? That's right. That's right. That's right. And when we did right, the surprise... Right. And we, we, we described something to make him realize who we were. Right. And I walked out and gave him a hug. He asked me how my dad was doing. How your dad was doing. He asked you me how my saying? dad was doing. He and my dad was going through some health issues at the time. Right, and right. When he knew that, that meant a lot to me because he remembered. He remembers. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, it's a funny, he don't forget a name. He don't forget a name. That same night, there's a guy sitting to the right of me. And I don't know if you remember this. His name is Jeff Merrill. Now, Jeff and I played, he played, he was one of my teammates at the Falcons. Mm-hmm. But Jeff Merrill played for Coach Bowden at West Virginia before he came to Florida State. I remember that. I remember, you remember that. that. Yes. And I remember he that. shared the story about how he was mad one night and tore up the dorm. Yeah. And he brought him in his office and had that conversation with him. And he said, Jeff, tell him if I'm right. Now, Coach Bowden was what, 90, 90 years old at the time. Yep. And he remembered that story as if it happened last night. That's just the kind of guy he was, man. And, know, and so so the, the, the relationship that we all had with him, the way he spoke into our life, you know, we can be separated from him, and I can still hear his voice saying certain things right now. The coolest thing I ever got to do, I called an Akron game, mm-hmm. and Jeff was the coach. Not Jeff, excuse me, um, Terry. Was Terry the was the coach. Head coach. And so I'm talking to Terry on the phone and, and during the coach's call, and Chuck Amato was his defensive coordinator. <laughs> and so, <laughs> the question I always ask defensive coordinators is, Coach, um, how comfortable are you, you know, um, loading the box and playing man on the outside? Right. And, you know, I asked Chuck that, and I knew the answer already, but I asked him for all of my, um, my broadcast partners so they would know. And he said, I said, Coach, are you comfortable uh, loading the box and playing man on the outside? He said, Forrest, and you know it. <laughs> You know what we do. <laughs> it's like, it's like you know we're going to bring that heat <laughs> all day long. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, oh, you know, that coaching tree, when I, I called a game in Miami and Absolutely. Coach Rick walks out and he sees me sitting there and we go to hugging and talking for like the first 10, 15 minutes to so the coaches meeting. We reminiscing about all this. We reminiscing about back in the day. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, my producer, they got to understand, look, man, me and this guy, we won the championship together, we man. Championship we went through together. it together, man. That's right. That's right. That's right. So, Bro, we need some time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some time. <laughs> well, yeah, but but I tell you, folks, man, there's no, there, there hasn't been no experience in my life like our FSU experience. None. 
you, right. you know, it, it was special to it helped it allowed me to become who I am today. Um, I grew up in that system. Um, not only Coach Bowden, but um, Jack Stanton, who was the old defensive coordinator before um, um, uh, Mickey got in there, who was also the DB coach, uh, was special to me. Um, coach George Henshaw, who recruited me down at, at uh, in Delray, he, he, he was the guy that came to, um, to he, hey, and I couldn't even catch, the, hey, after a basketball game, I couldn't ride the bus home with the team. I had to get in the car with Henshaw because yeah. he was keeping everybody away from me. <laughs> And his show would come to my house for and stay, because back then they can stay till 11. Uh-huh. He'll leave 10.59, walk out the door. They, keep the other else is in the car. They, they can't come in. Right? Well, you know, so, John Easton was that guy for me. Oh, yeah. Oh, John was a great man. John yeah. was a great man. So one of the things that Coach Bowden said, now, it's time for us to wrap up. I'm, we're going to wrap up with this. One of the things he said, a lot. Everybody would give him credit, which he deserved credit, because he was a great head coach. Um, but he said the key to his thing was his assistant coaches, the coaches that he hired around him, right? Mm-hmm. And we all know he had some great assistant coaches. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had the best offensive line coach. We had the best offensive coordinator. We had the best D coordinator. We had the best DB. Co- we had man. We had it all. And so, and men who could line up because Coach Bow was going to do it his way, right? He was going to do it his way. And they all formed a partnership that, that allowed us to, to be successful and, and to do the things that we did. And it was, not, it was nothing like that, man. It was absolutely nothing like that. Before we end our show today, we'd like to mention one more time this show is presented by Bet Online. Well, look, folks, man, thanks for being with us tonight, man. Love you. Hey, we're going to do this. We got to do this again. Absolutely, man. Anytime. Because we got a lot that we can talk about. So you and I got to do this again. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, that's our show for tonight. Hey, if you like the show, share it with your friends, comment. This is 100 Yards of Football, and this is our legend segment. And we had the great Forrest Connolly, better known as Big Four, with us tonight. Thank you again, brother, for, for your time. Thank you, man. What is your favorite moment from football history? What teams and players are you cheering on? And who will win it all? We want to hear from you, our listeners. Head over to 100 Yards of Football Sports Talk Radio's Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch and leave us a comment. We might use your suggestion in an upcoming episode. Tune in daily to the podcast and watch our show live every week. We are 100 Yards of Football Sports Talk Radio on the Believe Podcast Network. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.